Well, we are beginning a new series today, one that I've been thinking about for a long time, one that excites me and energizes me because of all that God is doing. And when we called it Shine, it was because we recognize that the idea of light is a metaphor, a picture of what God wants us to know about Himself. But when we think about the word light, what we see is that it often, often is a reference to the presence of God. So what Jesus then did is he comes onto the stage and he says, I'm the light of the world. Well, of course he's saying, I'm the presence of God. And light picks up other ideas then like truth and purity. And so Jesus is here saying, I am the light of the world. But then he does something more, doesn't he? He says, you and I are the light of the world. That we, as we abide in him and as we are in touch with him, we become this light. Well, as we think about it, we are to shine in the darkness. There is a dark world out there, and that's everything in contrast to God. Where God is present and powerful and good and true, there's these forces that stand against God. And so what God has been doing is raising up, and I'm going to use the phrase difference makers, that God has been raising up women and men, students throughout the history of time of his church, making a difference. And so that's what excites me as we think about it. And of course, the idea of kingdom impact, that God, as he was breaking into the darkness, was bringing his light, his kingdom, his truth to bear on this world. But there's a tension that we're going to feel. You just heard a little bit about light for the future. And light for the future is another piece of what's going to be happening in this series. So if you can combine with me on one hand, shine, where we're going to talk about being different makers, difference makers, or the idea of, and I should say, not or, and light for the future. And you just heard what light for the future is, right? Light for the future is a five-year, two-phase campaign. And what we recognize is that first phase is going to be two years long, and we, Fox Valley Church, want to eliminate the debt. Now, you'll hear us use phrases like handcuffed. You could talk about being hamstrung. You could talk about being hindered. You could talk a lot of ways that this debt has interfered with us being true difference makers in our culture. But the question, probably in your mind, because it was certainly in mine, is what links these two things together? What is it that links the idea of shining and difference makers. And you can begin to see it. Think of it as a chain putting these two together, right? This, this chain that has been there. And the chain is we have been hindered because of our debt and because of our ministry center. So when I say our debt, let me just give you one very clear example. Last year, our fiscal year, goes from August 1 to July 31st. So last fiscal year that ended July 31st, just five months ago, we spent $220,000. Now that's not our mortgage only. What that also includes is tens of thousands of dollars of people giving at Fox Valley Church to eliminate that debt. We've been working on this for so long. Now think about it just for a moment. 
if you had $220,000 in the church, what would you do with it? Where would you invest it? If you want to shine your light in this community, you're going to invest it in staff. You're going to invest it in ministries. You're going to invest it in ways to reach a world that is living in darkness and they're groping around out there. They're looking for something solid, something they can hold on to, something they can believe in. And so that has hindered us. Well, also, if we had $220,000, now that's not just one year. That was just one year last year. Now you have to add that year after year, right? All of a sudden, that can add up to a lot of money. And you can imagine the kind of impact we could have if we had a bigger ministry center where we could do more ministries. We could launch new ministries. We could include new opportunities right here because of the people God is bringing. And so what we want to do is recognize that this series is going to be linking together shine difference makers for kingdom impact and light for the future because it really does start with us if we're going to do it but now it raises another question how has God been leading in this process right so as I've been thinking about what God has done this church Fox Valley Church if you're newer here if you are someone that maybe doesn't appreciate all that we're doing as a church yet because you haven't experienced some of it, is Fox Valley Church operates uh, just a little differently. And here's what I mean by that. The body, the people are included in this process. So several years ago, God was starting to lay on our hearts that we needed to do something about this debt. And of course, COVID came up and some of these other things. But God was doing this. And so as we think about what God is doing, we start talking to people. So we have information meetings at Fox LA Church. And people attended these information meetings. And what was happening was these information meetings, we talked about this need for elimination of debt. And then we talked about this idea of a ministry center. Well, when we did that, we start bringing it out to the body and we start talking to the body. The elders are leading. They're saying, here's where we need to go. Let's see what God's doing in our body. The body continued to affirm this for years, the last several years. Then we did a church assessment about a year ago, a year and a half ago, and this church assessment revealed the exact same thing. Our body is ripe and ready to move forward. So that's how God leads. Now, when we think about this light for the future, I want to give you our theme verse. Our theme verse is this, Isaiah 58.10. Now, you need to understand a little bit of the context of Isaiah 58.10 because what happens in Isaiah 58 is God's people, they're doing things like this. They're saying, God, why aren't you answering our prayers? God, why aren't you doing what you said you were going to do? God, are you looking at our lives? We're fasting. We're paying attention to the Sabbath. God, do you see our offerings? Do you see all that we're doing? And what you begin to notice is that they wanted God on their terms. And God won't do that. God says, it's my way. And so Isaiah 58.10 starts pulling out the heart that God's looking for. He doesn't want people just going through the motions. He's not interested in people just putting up a fast. He's not interested in people just 
paying attention to the Sabbath. He's not interested in people going through religious cycle after cycle. What he's interested in is the heart. And so he says, if you pour yourself out for the hungry, because that's God's heart for people out there, for people in our community, people that are hungry for the truth of God's word. Certainly hungry picks up both the physical and the spiritual. God is concerned about those that are destitute, those that don't have food. That's why during COVID, Fox Valley Church gave thousands and thousands of dollars away to help bring food to people while they were out of work, while they couldn't take care of themselves. But then we also recognize the spiritual hunger that lurks in all of our hearts. And God says, pour yourself out, right? That's the heart of God. Then he says, look at, he says, if you will satisfy the desire of the afflicted, those who are oppressed, those who are struggling, God says, what? Then your light will shine, right? Do you see that? In the darkness, as people are looking for someone to lead them and guide them, he placed Fox Valley Church right here in Dundee. He's calling us among other life-giving churches, and there's many in our area, but churches, God's people that will pour themselves out for the hungry, for the afflicted. He says, then your light will shine. And then look at that. He says, your night will become like the noonday. You just see the brilliance of this. So let me just try to pull the series together with one last slide. And here's the picture. You have shine, you have light for the future, and you have this linking together, and God is leading this whole process. And what we're doing is now moving our entire body into this. And God is looking for difference makers. You're going to see that in what we talk about today, what we talk about over the next several weeks. What kind of people do we need to be if we're going to make an eternal difference? We need to have kingdom impact, and God is calling us not to just have worldly impact, right? things of this world, which can be important, but he's calling us to be focused on his kingdom. And we need to get a singular focus. It's so easy for all of us to be distracted. So if you have your Bible this morning, what I want to do is bring us into the word. I want to bring us into the place where God is taking us in terms of his kingdom work. Matthew chapter 13, if you're online, I'm so glad you're here with us. I'm so glad you're tracking. You're going to hear a lot about Fox Valley Church. If you're new to us, if you're part of our Fox Valley body, I'm so glad you're tuned in. People in the gym, glad you're here. And people right here in front of me, what we want to do is look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. If you have a device, a Bible, I want you to listen not only to the words of Jesus, but to the voice of Jesus. I want you to hear the tone, the feel, the energy, the drive of Jesus' voice as he brings us in there. Matthew 13, verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field, excuse me. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew to shore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it'll be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. And that place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. We gotta pray. We just have to. We have to ask God to give us insight and wisdom so that these words have the power and effect that Jesus intended as he spoke 2,000 years ago to his disciples. Father, thank you for sending your son. Thank you that Jesus was all about your kingdom. He came preaching the kingdom. He came in the power of the Spirit. He came making a difference. And he called us out of darkness into his light so that we would be difference makers. So God, we need ears to hear your word. The truth, the power, the liberating energy that comes as we understand what you're doing. Oh God, don't let us be like the people in Isaiah's day. Just going through the motions, fasting, going and keeping the feast, obeying the fast or the Sabbath. God, we want to be difference makers. Stir our hearts. Only you can bring this about. You truly are a God of miracles. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, there's a few things that these couple parables bring out. Parables are stories that Jesus told. Stories have power, don't they? There's something that we remember and they have impact. And so here's the first is that Jesus reveals the real treasure of the kingdom. He reveals the real treasure of the kingdom. Now, we just read the passage, right? And there's this man and he's in the field. But this is a time, right, before people took their hard-earned money and put it in banks. They didn't trust the banks. They took their hard-earned money and they would bury it in the ground. It was a time before people took their hard-earned money and started investing it in stocks or cryptocurrencies like we do today, right? This is a time before people bought insurance products and insurance to make or bring about a security in their own lives. And so imagine for a moment a a farmer, a tenant farmer, and he's out plowing the field. And as he's plowing the field, his plow just hits a box. He's not even sure what it is. He takes a moment. His eyes look around. Is anyone watching? Does anyone see? And he slowly, he opens the box. He doesn't dig it out. He leaves it there. And he sees what's in the box. And he closes it. He slams it down, throws the dirt over it. And in energy, excitement, and joy, what does he do? 
goes home, tells his wife, you wouldn't believe what I found. We got to sell the house. We got to get rid of it. We got to get that field. We got to buy it so that we can have the treasure. And he starts looking around. He says, this house isn't going to be enough. What else could we sell? Let's sell all our livestock. Let's sell our clothes. Let's sell our kids. <laughs> right? <laughs> He's getting rid of everything. Why? Because he sees the value of this treasure. And he says, I got to have it. It's important and it's valuable. So as Jesus is telling the story, the people are, are getting pulled in because they see what he's trying to do. He's talking to the disciples, his people. Farmer, giving it all away. You can see what that would be like today. You hear about the kingdom of Christ. You hear about eternal things. You hear about being a difference maker. And all of a sudden, things are put on the line. And isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus had a way of drawing a line in the sand. He had a way of separating things out, bringing clarity. And he did it by these stories. And so he tells this story. And he makes it really clear. So what does it look like in the 21st century? Could you imagine taking your 401k? Getting rid of it all. Can you imagine taking all of your savings and giving it away? Can you imagine taking your house and giving it away? Right? I mean, just take your possessions, your cars, the things that you've accumulated, and we all have. You can feel the power of the punch. And the punch is not in the words, it's in the voice of Jesus. How important and how valuable the kingdom really is. And so that's where Jesus is taking us, right? He's taking us right into this place that makes us uncomfortable, that makes us like squirm, that makes us say, whoa. Now I know two people in my life, two people that gave away everything. One was an older man. He was actually in his middle to late 60s. And he took everything he built and he gave it away. He entered his 70s where people have built and built what we call a nest egg. We've achieved the American dream. And this man gave it all away for one reason, to invest in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Another man, I've told this story before, a friend of mine, he took everything he had. He was a little bit younger. He was in his 50s. And he started feeling the power, the presence of God in a way that was changing him. And he said, I can't trust God the way I need to trust God and have kingdom impact if I'm constantly focused on building my own treasure. And Gary took everything he had and gave it away. And you know what happens when you step out in faith. 
things begin to stir and turn. It was within just a couple weeks he gets the news that his wife has cancer. And now they don't have the resources that they needed for all the medical treatments. But you know what it did for him? He'd gather his kids, he had three kids, gather at the kitchen table, and they would just weep and pray and seek the Lord. And what Jesus is saying is this is how valuable the kingdom is. But what we do is we trust in treasures. And Jesus is saying, you got to trust me and trust in my provisions. Now, let me be clear. I give these two stories. God is not asking everyone to do that. I'm not for a moment pushing Fox Valley in a direction like that. What I'm trying to tell you is that God is a personal God. He is real and he's serious about his kingdom that stands in contrast to the kingdom of this world. And he wants you and me to be serious. And yes, he will call some people to give it all away and show the focus of the kingdom. But God is asking all of us to be in the game, to do something. So Jesus, so that there would be a little bit more reinforcement, he goes right into a whole nother story, doesn't he? He goes into the story of, of the pearl merchant. Now, interestingly, the farmer accidentally trips into the treasure. But the next one is a, a pearl merchant. He's not accidentally tripping into anything. He's intentionally looking for treasure. A pearl. And we find out the same thing, right? He, he sees this pearl as he goes about looking. And he sees it, and, and he holds it, and he's marveling at the size of it, the beauty of it, the color of it, all the things that make a pearl valuable. He's looking at the perfect roundness of it. He looks at the luster, and he looks at the shell of it. He says, this pearl is worth everything. And what does he do? He does the same thing the farmer does. He says, I gotta have it. And he sells everything that he has. You can see where Jesus is going. He's saying, look at the kingdom. Look at the beauty of the kingdom. Look at the luster of the kingdom of God. Look at the perfectness of it. You're going to want it. Now I know we live in a day when we don't talk much about royalty. We don't talk much about being a, a subject of the kingdom. But you can't read your Old Testament and you can't read your New Testament without seeing this idea of kingdom and that Jesus came to bring about the kingdom. You know, Matthew, the gospel we're reading and studying, he used it, I think it's, it's 32 times the idea of the kingdom of heaven. And he uses, I think, the kingdom of heaven as a phrase. In contrast to the other writers, the kingdom of God, he uses the kingdom of heaven, I think, primarily to make it stand in contrast to the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of this world. And so you can imagine the merchant, and, and, and he, he sees the pearl. He sees the value of the kingdom. Now, let's just pause for a moment. I'm not talking here about 
streets of gold. I'm not talking about some celestial city. What I'm talking about here is the very presence of God, the power of God, the goodness of God. That's where God wants us to go, is do we value the presence of God and what is getting in the way from us experiencing it? The scriptures use a number of examples that talk about the presence of God and the value of it, the importance of it. And can I say the sacrifice to get it? Selling everything you have to get it? That's incredible sacrifice. So I think of of the psalm, Psalm 84. It says, one day in the courts of God are better than a thousand elsewhere. In the presence of Of you, God, is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forever. Do we believe these things or are these just words? That's where God is taking us. There's there's this value of the kingdom. There's the importance of the kingdom. But it's about the presence of the king. And that's what Jesus said, right? He said the kingdom is near because the king was in their presence. Remember, Jesus said, fear not, little flock. In Luke chapter 12, he says, your father is glad to give you the kingdom. Well, when he said that, what's the next thing he tells you to do? Sell everything. All he's trying to say is remove every hindrance that's in the way for kingdom. Did you hear what I just said? Remove everything that gets in the way. Those two men that I talked about, their nest egg was in the way of seeking God and His presence. They had to eliminate it. They had to get rid of it. So it begs the question, what's in your way from experiencing the very presence of God? He then ends in Luke chapter 12, verse 34. He says, for where your treasure is, there will be your heart. You know how I like to say it? My heart always goes where I put God's money. My heart always goes where I put God's money. If I put my money all in a house, guess where my heart goes? To the house. If I put all my money into stocks, and investments, and look at growing, guess where my heart goes? The same place. That's what Jesus is saying. He's trying to bring us to this place. And so I started recognizing throughout Scripture, there's places where God just fuels our hearts with people that want to make a difference. Remember Peter and John, Acts chapter 4. Peter and John are being confronted by the Sanhedrin. These are the religious leaders. And and when they said, you got to stop talking about the kingdom. You've got to stop preaching about Jesus. You know what they said to the Sanhedrin? They said, we can't. We can't stop doing that. And of course, they were threatened. Or we think of Queen Esther, right? For such a time as this. And she said what? It was all about the king and the kingdom. And she says, you know what? If I perish, I perish. Remember in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar said, you got to bow to my image. You got to bow to the cultural forces. And they wouldn't bow. 
and they wouldn't bow to the king. And then he was going to throw them in the fiery furnace. But do you remember their words? Do you remember some of the last things they said? Our God is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, we're not bowing to you or to the image. You see how they saw the value, the importance, and they were willing to sacrifice everything for it. This week I read the story, because they're not just biblical stories, they're happening right now. Pastor Andre in Colombia just read this story. It just, I, I gotta say, it just got my blood excited. It got me thinking about the kingdom. So Pastor Andre, well, he wasn't a pastor, he was a businessman. He was a businessman in Colombia, and he had a growing, thriving business, and God started laying on his heart. Why? Because He's hearing the Word of God preached. He's watching what God's doing in the world. He says, i got to be a part of it. So in Colombia, there's these places called Red Zones. It's where the Marxist guerrilla fighters are. And God was stirring him to take him and his family into that area and start doing some church planting. You know what his friend said? Don't go. You know what his dad did? His dad took a wad of money and laid it on the table and said, here's the money for half your coffin. You pay the other half, because you'll never come back. Don't go. You know what saddened me? His pastor. Don't go. But here's what he said. If it pleases God that I die there, then I die there. Christ gave his life for me, and I have to give my life to him. When the guerrilla warfare fighters, the Marxist fighters, came to him, they told him to leave or they were going to kill him. He says, I will leave when he who sent me tells me to go. Those are the kind of people that I want to surround myself with. Those are the stories I want to read because I want to stay in the game. Fox Valley Church wants to stay in the game and we want to be there. But it begs the question, do you want to be a difference maker? No one can answer that question but you. Do you want to be a difference maker? Jesus is relentless as he takes us there. Let's look at the next parable he tells in verse 47. He says the kingdom is like a net. Now he's going to tell us what's at stake. And this net is a, a, a wide net, and it's casting big, and it's bringing in all the fish, right? So he's not only telling us the kingdom is valuable, he's not only telling it's important, he's not only telling you it's worth the sacrifice, but now he's going to tell you the stakes are high. The stakes are really high. And he compares it to a net. And it grabs up all the fish, good and bad. And then he brings us to a time that every one of us is going to face. And it's just like a heavy moment you can imagine when Jesus is saying this. Because it's getting really weighty. He says there's going to come a day when you're going to stand before the judge. And you're going to be holding your toys in your hand. And he's going to ask you, were you faithful to what I asked you to do? 
right? Because he's saying there's going to be a separation. The good fish and the bad fish, the bad and the righteous, it's all going to be separated out. And we've all heard and we all know. Just because you come to church, just because you had an experience, just because, and you fill in the blank, it doesn't mean you're going to make it through the judgment. Jesus is calling us to this. This is why at Fox Valley Church, when we say the stakes are high, we say we are at our best. Fox Valley Church people are at our best when we're telling and showing the story of Jesus. God is saving lives. He's changing people from the inside out. That's what is going to build the kingdom. And Fox Valley Church wants to be on the front line of that. Now there's lots of stories. You've got your own story, but I want to give you a story of someone right here in Fox Valley Church. Would you watch this with me? So growing up, um, God was not uh, a common name within my household. There's a lot of bitterness in um, my upbringing when it comes to the Lord. We suffered a lot of loss. We've, we suffered a lot of um, drug abuse and loss and abandonment. I have abandonment issues. My father left me. I kind of didn't want to know anything about God because, you know, all I'd heard all my life is if there is a God, why this? As I got a little older, I, I, I was a pretty selfish person. Um, very much about money and material things, very much about my career. We lived right behind the church here at the time, and my husband was um, really wanting me to come to church. He'd been going for about a month, and he, he just really fell in love with the church. And I remember him asking me, will you come with me? Will you come with me? And I said, absolutely not. I will not go to church with you. He kept pushing, he, he never gave up. And um, it was a, probably a couple months later, I said, fine. I remember my words, fine. I'm just going to go with him to make him be quiet. So here I come to Fox Valley Church back in 2007 for my first time walking into a church as an adult. And I, I immediately felt something. And I'm not going to say that it was easy to come back the next week because I, I still kind of fought a little bit but I, I hung in there and I kept coming. And during that stage, I just remember becoming so thirsty to learn who is this God? Who, who is this? And then as I continued um, learning of his promises and his character, that is where some radical changes started to take place in me. I, I plugged into life groups. I plugged into women's ministry and just hungry, not, not just hungry in the word, but hungry to be with God's people, uh, teaching me, showing me, hearing their testimonies. As an early believer, I came to a women's conference here at Fox Valley Church. And um, I'll tell you, it was, it was a, a very pivotal point for me. Um, Melissa Briette was leading that conference and she looked in the audience and she said, Nina, you are chosen and holy and dear. And something just hit me as I, as I really um, struggled most of my young, my, my childhood into young adulthood with um, my identity, you know, being abandoned by a father, 
um, being told you're an accident. You are an accident birth. You are not meant to be. You are not meant to be. Um, really struggled with with my identity and who I was, and and so that was um, a big turning point for me to hear that and to claim it and believing in who I was. Finally, I I, I accepted that I was chosen. I wasn't this accident. Once I was secure in who I was and I found my self-worth, now I can pour this into other people, right? This is radical. I, I want people to be able to feel the love of Christ and know that no matter who has abandoned you, no matter what you've done, no matter what label they placed on you, you are a child of God. As I grew in that and just a desire to um, go out there and, and share that, and share that with the least and the lost. Um, the Lord really, not only, he changed my heart, he broke my heart. My heart weeps for the least and the lost. Um, but then something happened. A refuge for Women was uh, an idea to open here in Chicago. And my hand got to be in it. Right now I'm currently working um, at Refuge for Women as the program director and helping ladies know who they are, who their worth and value is. When the world has told them differently, it was and is the, the Lord's calling on my life. And God has really um, shown me and grown me in serving and being the light in dark places, uh, knowing that his light does shine in. And so it's so important that we can get out there and there's so many people sitting in shame and guilt in our community. It's lonely when we sit in the dark. It's lonely, it's isolation. They're stuck. We got a lot of stuck people. And you know, so when we talk about the light, it's like, can you go be a twinkle in someone's life? Yeah, it's a challenge to, to rally up as a church and take our eyes off of us and get out there and, and make a difference. Let's not forget that we were once in that darkness and um, we know what that feels like. Um, and so I do challenge you church to get out there and roll your sleeves up and help, whether that be your time, whether that be your talents or your treasures, the needs are out there. There's so many people in the dark who um, really could just, just use some help and yeah, it's amazing. If you make yourself available to the Lord, what he is going to do. I love that story. <laughs> I love that story because we got to be a part of it. And I still, to this day, remember her husband, Brian, coming into this place, looking and searching. And then we started to pray for Nina. And then of course, we see Nina attend, and then we begin to see what God is doing in both of their lives. And I don't want you to think that this happened overnight, just like you heard. It took time, but God was working, and now she is making a difference. She is a difference maker because she has surrendered everything to Jesus Christ. Well, let's look a little bit here at, at how Jesus wrapped things up because he asked them a question. He looked them in the eyes, verse 51, and he says, have you understood all these things? He's not talking to them right now. Jesus is talking to you. Have you understood 
these things. That the kingdom is valuable. That the kingdom is important. That the kingdom is worth its sacrifice. And just as Jesus, when he was talking to them, and he's talking to you now, I want you to hear what Peter said in another context, but in another direction. It's found in Luke chapter 18. Peter says, Lord, we have left our homes and followed you. And Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or wife or brothers or parents or children. See what he's doing? He's not saying leave your wife. He's not saying leave your husband. He's not saying leave your kids. What he's saying is leave everything you think is valuable. And then look what he says. For the sake of the kingdom, who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come. We are missing out when we hold back what God wants to do. So let me just bring us back to light for the future. Isaiah 58, verse 10. He's not looking for people to do handouts. God has all the money in the world. He's not looking for people just to do. What he's looking for are people with a heart. A heart that says, if you pour yourself out for the hungry, those people walking in darkness, those people that are lost, those people that are struggling to make sense of life, if you pour out your life for the afflicted, then your light will shine. And you will be not only in the light of Jesus, who says, I'm the light of the world, but your light will shine. So, let me just close. Are we going to be a difference maker? Are you going to be a difference maker? I'm not thinking you're going to answer that today, but over the next couple of weeks, we want to look at what a difference maker is because God is now here. He is now moving. He is now giving us the marching orders. Light for the future. Let's get rid of the debt that has handcuffed us and let's set up the next generation. Let's set up the next generation to reach our community for Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word, the power of your word. Thank you for the person of Jesus Christ and all that he is doing today in our lives and in this world. So God, as we think about these things, we just commit all of it because we know you are now here. You are now at work. You are now doing amazing things. And you tell us in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, there is a surpassing greatness of your power toward all of us who believe. We believe.